Amen, amen, amen. Are you ready for his coming? To slap somebody next to you and say, get ready, he's coming. He's here. <laughs> he's here. Woo. You have your Bibles, Matthew 21. Let me see your Bibles this morning. You have your Bibles. <laughs> Not for long. Matthew 21. Hallelujah. <laughs> My beloved ones bringing. <laughs> Woo, Jesus. <laughs> There's coming a day. Soon. It's not far away. Matthew 21. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied in a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone asks you anything, you shall say, The Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. I, I just want to pause for a moment. I'm going to read through this, and I just want to pause for a moment. Today is Palm Sunday. Today's the day we celebrate the triumphant entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. And as Jesus was coming here in, in, in Matthew 21, he was coming in to Jerusalem. This was the day, if you reflect back, all the way back to Exodus chapter 12. Matter of fact, let's just flip back there in Exodus chapter 12. Genesis, Exodus. I'm doing that for my benefit because I went to Genesis. Genesis, Exodus chapter 12. There we go. It says, And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt. In verse 3, it says, Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. Verse 5 says, Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year, you, you, make, you may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight, and they shall take some of the blood and put it on the doorpost and on the lintel of the houses where they eat. If you reflect back, the day of deliverance came with the death of the firstborn, and the, the death angel would pass over the homes. Why? Because God said, when I see the blood, I'll pass over your house. When I see the blood on the doorpost, come on somebody, when I see the blood on your life, I'll pass over the judgment, I'll pass over. And so they killed the lamb. They selected the lamb, though, on the day, the same day that Jesus rode into Jerusalem was the day to choose the lamb. And so the day that Jesus comes riding in on a donkey is the day that all, the, all of the families are busy about getting their lamb. And for four days, this lamb would be part of their family. For four days, they would inspect the lamb to make sure it was a perfect, spotless, blemishless lamb. But here riding into Jerusalem on the day of Palm Sunday, as we call it, comes the perfect lamb of God without blemish, without spot. And he comes riding in on a donkey. He comes riding in not uh, in the warlike uh, a fanfare of a triumphant battle. He comes in as a lowly servant on a donkey. And he says, the Lord has need of them all. Is it, by, by the way, before Jesus rode in, I think this is so awesome, before Jesus rode in that day of 
Palm Sunday. He was spending time. What, whose home was he at? He was spending time with somebody we know very familiar. It was Jesus' friend. It was Lazarus. He was staying at Lazarus' house before Palm Sunday, before the triumphant entry. He was hanging out with his friend who he had raised from the dead. I wonder what the conversations were like around the dinner table that night before Jesus' triumphant entry. He was hanging out with his best bud who had raised from the dead, and they were talking about Jesus, who is the resurrection and the life. He said, Jesus told Martha, he said, I am the resurrection and the life, if anyone believes in me. Come on now. So here is Jesus, the one riding in on the donkey, the resurrection and the life. In verse 5, it says, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly, sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. And other, this is a prophetic prophecy from Zechariah 9. It's, Tell the daughter of Zion. In other words, tell Jerusalem that your king, your king is coming, and your king is not coming on a triumphant chariot. Your king is riding in on a donkey. Take note. I think about... The, the, the ride of Jesus on that donkey into Jerusalem. This wasn't, you know, for many, for many people, the ride of the donkey or the, or the ride of the chariot, if you will, into the city was the triumphant, victorious battle cry. We've won the battle. They would do this in a time the kings would ride in. We've won the battle. We've overcome our enemy. And Jesus is riding in, not with a shout of victory and triumph over the, the enemy in this. He's riding in humbly, and he's saying, this, vic- this isn't my victory. In other words, this isn't what I came for. I'm, I'm riding in. I'm the perfect lamb that's going to be offered. My victory's in four days. My victory's coming when, I, when my hands get nailed to that cross, when, when, when the nails went into his hands, when the nails went into his feet. That was the day of victory. That was the day of triumph when Christ conquered death, hell, and sin for you and I. He made a public spectacle, we said last week. He went to the cross in 1 Corinthians 15. 15, it says, oh, death, where is your victory? And hell, where is your sting? Where is, where is your victory? It's nailed triumphantly to the cross. Christ rode in humble as on the donkey, but he went to the cross victorious for you and I. It wasn't the kind of victory they were looking for. It wasn't the kind of victory they wanted. They were looking for a king to rid them of the Roman Empire. They wanted to crown Jesus king. They were shouting Hosanna, singing his praises, going through all the fanfare in hopes that Christ would rid them of the, uh, of the Roman rule. But that wasn't why Jesus came. That, wa- that wasn't why Jesus was riding in on the, on the donkey. The victory wasn't the victory they were looking for. It was the same people in the crowd shouting Hosanna that just a few days later would find themselves mixed in with the Sanhedrin crying out, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. Some, sometimes 
I want to talk to somebody this morning. Sometimes your victory doesn't always seem so sure. Sometimes when you're shouting Hosanna at the back door is barking another problem. Sometimes when you're out out in church on Sunday singing his praise, you get home on the 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, whenever you get home after eating lunch, and the problem is knocking on your door, sitting maybe in the recliner in the lazy boy when you walk in the door. But there's a question I got to ask you. Are you still going to sing his praise and shout Hosanna when you get home, when you leave the, the procession, when you leave the procession of his praise and you face the problems of tomorrow? Are you still going to shout Hosanna? <laughs> Hosanna, come save us. Hosanna, Hosanna, the son of David. Is he still the Messiah to you even when things get hard? Even when he doesn't bring the victory that you thought he was going to bring. Even when he doesn't conquer over the Roman rule. Is he still the Messiah to you? Here they are expecting the conquering king. And he gets nailed to a cross. Guess that wasn't the king after all. Guess that wasn't our conquering king after all. Maybe that was a mistake to believe that. Maybe those healings were a mistake. Maybe the deliverances that he brought, maybe he was just a good prophet, but he wasn't really the Messiah. Have you ever been there? Jesus, why is this happening? Why are we going to? You see, if you go through the Holy Week, you've got to take day by day, step by step. It's not just the shouting of Hosanna on Sunday, but what are you going to do when it gets to Good Friday? Come on, somebody. What are you going to do when Thursday night everyone around you is yelling, crucify? What are you going to do when they're yelling out, destroy him, crucify him, give us Barabbas? Let's exchange the fountain of living waters for broken cisterns. Let's exchange, as in essence what they were saying, let's exchange the conqueror. Let's exchange the king of kings and the Lord of lords for a murderer. I wonder what happens in your holy week, day by day. What's going to happen, not just this week, but every day of your life. Leave the procession of his praise to face the problems of tomorrow. Are you still going to sing out, Hosanna, son of David, have mercy on us. So the disciples went, in verse 6, as Jesus had commanded them. And they brought the donkey and the colt and their clothes on them and said on them, and a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road and others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem, everybody say all, all the city. The entire city was moved. They were in an uproar. Jerusalem was a bustling place in this day. They were getting ready for Passover, and the entire city was moved. And so the multitude of the city asked, who is this? The people around town, if you walked around Jerusalem, who is this man riding in on the donkey? Who does this man think he is? Who is this? And the multitudes were saying, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. 
And Jesus went into the temple of God and he drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, is it written, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying out in the temple, saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Do you hear what they're saying? Jesus is riding in on the donkey, and they're yelling out, Hosanna, son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And they were laying out their clothes And their palm branch, John tells us in John chapter 12 that these were palm branches that they were laying out. John's the only gospel writer who records that. But how important of a note it is to note that this day we call Palm Sunday, they were laying out palm branches before Jesus. The palm was a symbol And that day, a symbol of peace. The Jewish people believe that it's a symbol of peace or joy or victory. So they were laying out before the Lord their symbol of peace, their triumphant victory statement, their their symbol of joy, and laying out their cloaks so that even the donkey, even this, this common, filthy animal wouldn't have to walk on the dirt of the road. That even the animal carrying Jesus would walk on their clothes and walk on the palm branches as a sign of honor and respect. And they're singing out, Hosanna, son of David, have mercy on us. The multitudes had gathered around. The multitudes had come around. I wonder, I mean, the scripture talks about multitudes a lot following Jesus. The, the scripture talks a lot about how the multitudes and the crowds were so heavy and so thronging on Jesus at times that even the disciples would ask, like the woman with the issue of blood, Jesus, what do you mean who touched me? Because the crowds are so large around you. Everyone is touching you. And so here we have again such a large crowd thronging around the Messiah. I wonder who was in that crowd. Oh, I'm sure that day that the woman with the issue of blood was in that crowd. I'm sure she was one that was shouting out, Hosanna, son of David, have mercy on us. I'm sure she was one. She had had been in the crowd. She was familiar with what it was to be in the crowds where Jesus was. If you remember back, you know the story of the woman with the issue of blood. For 12 long years, she had suffered. She had spent all that she had. She had wasted away in her body. She was dying in her body and spent all of her money to see every doctor, every physician, every specialist that she could. And the Bible says that she only grew worse. Come on now. She only grew worse. Have you ever just tried everything that you could, spent all the time and the effort and the energy that you possibly could manage to fix the problem and the problem's still there? 
This woman was dying. She was wasting away. But she had heard somewhere, we don't know where she had heard, but somewhere she heard the story about Jesus. Maybe she had heard about the dead that had been raised. Maybe she had heard about the blind that had been delivered. Maybe she had heard the stories about how Jesus had comforted the people. Maybe she heard about Jesus feeding the the multitudes. We don't know what she heard, but the Bible says that she heard about Jesus. You see, I'm sure there are people in the crowd that day who hadn't really heard about Jesus. They maybe had heard some rumors. Maybe maybe they they even thought it was a good idea to join the crowd, to join the the song of Hosanna, because this was going to be their new king. But their life hadn't been changed. Come on, somebody. They, maybe you are in the crowd on Sunday, and all you're doing is hearing the rumors, but your life's not been changed. Your life's not been transformed. But the woman with the issue of blood, her life had been changed. There was a transformation that had taken place in her body. You know, you can come to church, you can tune in online, and you can sing with the songs with the best of them, but not have a transformation. You can sing Hosanna on Sunday and cry crucify on Monday. But it's because your life hasn't been changed, hasn't been transformed. This woman had been transformed. She'd spent all she had and only grew worse, but somewhere she heard about Jesus. She was unclean. She shouldn't have been there that day, but she pressed through the crowd and grabbed hold of the garment of Christ and she was made whole. In a moment, in an instant, Jesus said, virtue, power, dunamis has left my body. He, he tangibly felt the anointing leave his body and go into this woman. I don't know if you've ever felt that before. I have, but I don't know if you've ever felt that. And I can speak from experience. I can tell you about when the anointing, you can feel the power of God flow through your body and touch someone else. There's a, there's a tangible transfer of his power. When we talk about the anointing of God, it's not just a hocus-pocus, spooky, spiritual thing. It's, his anointing is tangible. It's real. It's power. It's, it, it's, it's the very essence of who he is flowing through, flowing through Jesus in this story with the woman of the issue of blood, but he, his power wants to flow through you. So this, this woman was touched by power. Jesus said, dunamis has gone out of me. Power has gone out of me. Virtue has left me. And he stops the whole procession. Remember, they were, all, they were en route to what was then now a funeral service. The girl was dying Jesus stops, and while he stops the crowd, the, the little girl dies. They were on their way to heal a girl. Jesus is never late. You know, we get in such a big hurry over things. It's got to be done yesterday. Jesus walked everywhere he went, never got in a hurry. He looked at, the, he looked at Jairus and said, don't worry, only belief. You see, when, when, when you're walking with Jesus, timing is everything. When you're walking with Jesus, he's got the time in his hands. He holds it. He created it. He's not worried about the when and how. He's got it all under control. This is the same Jesus who stepped out onto the boat in the middle of the storm and went, shh. He's got every problem of your life under control. He's got every situation in his hand. So don't worry when Jesus stops the crowd for a testimony service because it's that testimony that someday when you get back to riding on the donkey... 
You can reflect back in that moment. Jesus took time for me in the middle of my problem, in the middle of my situation. I remember back. I remember the story. Jesus knew this woman was going to be present at that triumphant entry, and she needed to reflect back. There was going to be a time when she needed to remember the goodness of the Lord. Am I talking to anybody this morning? There's a time where you need to remember the goodness of the Lord. Stop remembering the negative and the problems and the issues and set your eyes on the one who took time for you in the middle of the crowd and said, everybody, stop. Let's see what God's done in this moment. She was in the crowd. Hosanna, son of David, have mercy on me. I could talk more about that woman. We'll move on. But there was probably also in that crowd, you got Lazarus. I mean, after all, he just had spent the night at, at Lazarus's house, surely Lazarus and Mary and Martha were following along in the crowd that day, shouting out, Hosanna, 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 come save us. They had tasted of the real. This wasn't just, uh, just a good pat on the back. Lazarus, you're going to be okay, buddy. Lazarus was dead. He had been in the grave. He was wrapped up in grave clothes. And a good pat on the back and a three-point sermon wasn't going to help him. He needed deliverance. He needed the life, dunamis power of God to set him free. You see, when, when you haven't tasted of resurrection life, it's easy to cry out Hosanna on Sunday and crucify him on Monday. But when resurrection life has flowed through your body... Things are different. <laughs> Lazarus, Hosanna, save us. Man, I'd like to be in Lazarus's church. I'd like Lazarus to be my pastor. What a, what a pastor that man. He went on to pastor, you know. So I, what, a, what a pastor. I was dead, but now I'm alive. <laughs> I was dead in the trespasses of my sin, but he has made me alive. He is, but God, who is rich in mercy, has made me alive to sit together with him in heavenly. Man, he had a story. He had a reason to shout Hosanna. You're here this morning. You have a reason to shout Hosanna. You have a reason to praise in the middle of the, the proce process to the cross. You have a reason to praise. I'll say it again. You have a reason to praise in the process that leads you to the cross. For I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. It is Christ who lives in me. And this life that I now live, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me. And gave. I have a reason to shout. I'm on my way to the cross, but you don't understand. I ain't dying there. It ain't over there. It's just the beginning. That's just the start of the victory. There's a, there's a resurrection tomb I'm on my way to. There's a resurrection tomb. You might see the cross. You might see the crucifixion. You might see the nail scars in his hand. But I see a resurrected Christ coming out of a tomb. You might think it's over. But Christ says, I am the resurrection and the life. You might think that things are dead and gone in the tomb. But Jesus is resurrecting you. He hasn't forgot that word. He hasn't forgot his promise over your life. He hasn't forgot his promise over your family. 
It might seem like it's dead and gone, but he says, I am the resurrection and the life. My, my. And they were on their way. They were on their way into the temple. Hosanna! Hosanna! <laughs> you know, another person, Jesus, if you, if, you, if you read the Gospels, another person that Jesus encountered not long before he came in on his triumphant entry was a man by the name of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. What'd he do? He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. Zacchaeus was familiar with the crowds too. Lazarus had a funeral procession. The woman had to press through a crowd to get to Jesus to get healed. Zacchaeus had to climb up a tree to get out of the crowd. He couldn't see the master, but he did what it took to get up in the tree so he could see Jesus. And Jesus is walking thronged by people and he takes time and he stops and he looks up and he sees Zacchaeus in the tree. Zacchaeus, come down. And Jesus had a meal with Zacchaeus. One moment in the presence of God transformed his life. He went from being a thief he went from robbing people. He went from, from being this robber, thief to a man who, what a, he gave back. He went and gave back all and more. Transformed by the power of God. Here he is, Hosanna. Come save. Come save us. Maybe today you find yourself like Zacchaeus in the crowd saying, Jesus, I just need to see you. I don't need to get my eyes. I need to get, I need to get my eyes off of the problems, off the situation. I need to get my eyes off my earthly success. You know, Zacchaeus was a tax collector and he, he wanted money was what he was after. He was robbing people for money. So I want to be successful. I want to have money. I want to have things. He was hoarding up earthly treasures that would do him no good. He was hoarding up for himself treasures in this life that would do him absolutely no good. But then one day he tasted of a, of a treasure who, who has eternal value. He tasted of something of eternal significance and it changed his life. Instead of trying to seek after earthly success, instead of trying to pursue earthly gain, by false means, he found something that satisfied him for all eternity. When you, when you taste of the pearl of great price, when you taste of the treasure hidden in the field, when you taste of his goodness, everything changes. He didn't need all of the earthly success anymore. He just had to give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. I'm tired of all the other. I just need Jesus. He dealt with rejection. Anybody deal with rejection? He dealt with rejection. Don't tell me you don't, you religious devil. Everybody in the room has dealt with rejection at some point or another. This man was dealing with rejection. Nobody wanted to be around him. Nobody liked him. Hey, there goes Zacchaeus. You better watch your pockets because he might take something. You better lock your belongings in your car. He'll take it. There's Zacchaeus working for the government. 
one of those guys. Right? Nobody wanted to be around him. He had a story that followed him. But one moment in Jesus' presence, one lunch, one lunch date with Jesus changed everything. One lunch date with Jesus changed everything. There was blind Bartimaeus. Oh, blind Bartimaeus was familiar with the crowds too. Remember blind Bartimaeus? He was sitting by the roadside. He was absolutely dependent upon everyone else to get him where he needed to go. He couldn't see. And he sat by the road and begged for money, calling out to passerbys for alms in his, in his can. But one day, one day there was a crowd coming by. Anybody remember them crowds? Man, there was a multitude just like on Palm Sunday, there was a multitude passing by. And somebody, he didn't need to know where Jesus was. He just needed to know he was in the vicinity. And he, the Bible says, began to croak out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And then they, shh, 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 shh. be quiet. You're getting a little unruly. Shh, calm yourself. You shouldn't be, Jesus, son of, the Bible says he got all the louder. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Man, I, I'm looking for some church folk who say, it doesn't matter what the world says. I need Jesus, the son of David, to have mercy on my life. I, I don't need to get quieter. I don't need to put it in the back corner of a room and shh, be quiet. I need to get all the louder and shh. Uh. <laughs> Hosanna, son of David, save me. Jesus went over and healed blind Bartimaeus. Man, and he cast off those clothes that had been identifying him as a beggar. He'd been wearing the blind beggar's coat, wearing the clothes that identified him as a beggar. Some of you this morning just need to cast off some things that have your old identity on them. You know, when, 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 when you get a girlfriend or a boyfriend in and, and school, remember back in high school, if you, ladies, you might remember this. You start dating. Yeah, don't do this. Any children in the room watching this, you can't date in high school. Not until you're 18 out of your mom and daddy's house. Anyway, so, and all the parents said amen. <laughs> anyway. Girls, when you dated that, that football player, that, that guy in school, what did he do? He'd give you his letterman jacket, gave him your class ring. You put on the letterman jacket, put on the class ring, whatever. This is my guy, right? Whatever. I, don't, I never did that, so I don't know. <laughs> I saw girls do it, but, but what? It was that you're dating, you're, you're in a relationship, right? It was the... It was the belongings of your beloved that signified who you were tied to. Some of you got to break up with the devil. Stop carrying along the artifacts of the devil. Get rid of the devil's belonging. Get rid of his promise ring. You, you said, I, I'm, I'm in love with Jesus, but you still dating the devil. I love Jesus. Hosanna! But you still got the devil's ring on your finger. You've been signed and sealed by the Holy Ghost. Get rid of that stuff, man. Get rid of the things that identify you with your past. 
It's under the blood. It's been forgiven. It's time for you to walk in freedom. Get rid of the stuff that holds you to yesterday. Blind Bartimaeus had to shed off. He had to take off the garments that identified him with his beggar self. He was no longer a beggar. He was no longer tied to his blindness. He was healed and set free. He didn't need somebody to lead him around. Where am I going? What am I doing? He could work. He could get a job. He could take care of his family. He could live a productive life. He could be a part of society and have a meaningful in. Come on now. We don't need no lazy welfare Christians. Don't shout me down when I'm telling you the truth. If the Lord has set you free and healed, you need to get busy. Get busy about the kingdom. Get busy about the kingdom of God. Get busy about, come on now. Get, get the wax out of your ear. I'm not talking about the government. I'm talking about people who come into church. Give me a handout, pastor. I need another sermon, pastor. Make me feel good, pastor. You're a welfare Christian. And, You shout Hosanna on Sunday and crucify him on Monday. That's not how it works. Not how it works. He's given you a new identity. He's given you a new identity. Own it. Put it on. Put on the garments of praise. My goodness, they feel good. They fit like a glove. Put on the garments of praise instead of that spirit of heaviness. Put on the garments of your redemption. Wear them proudly, not arrogantly, but wear them proudly. My Jesus paid for you to have those. My daddy made sure you got that coat of many colors, so wear it and enjoy it. Understand its blessings, understand its benefits, and hold your head high. You are a redeemed child of Christ. Join heirs, co-heirs with Christ, child of God. That's who you are. Blind Bartimaeus, he was in the crowd that day. Hosanna, shouting out. He knew what it meant to be transformed. I think about, I got to wrap this up. I think about, I think about the, 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 the 5,000, the multitudes. Remember the, remember the multitudes Talking about them crowds today, the multitudes. Those multitudes that sat out and listened to Jesus in the wilderness teach. Hour after hour after hour after hour after hour, they sat and listened to Jesus teach. Have you ever felt that way in church? After hour after hour. Is he ever going to stop? <laughs> hour. <laughs> Jesus kept on teaching. It was well past lunchtime, and he's still going. You got it easy. We try to watch for lunchtime around here. (laughs) Jesus is still teaching. And the disciples come to Jesus and said, they're hungry. Well, what do you want me to do for it? You know, I've been teaching. I've been teaching all day. What do you want me to do about it? They're hungry, Jesus. Well, what do you want? Have you ever come to Jesus and he asks you a question that seems ridiculous. What do you want me to do about it? What do you want? What are you after? Well, Jesus, they're hungry. Okay, so feed them. Jesus, we thought maybe you might do something here. (laughs) 
Jesus, we thought that this might be where you, you, you know, like you've been teaching all day. So use them words and make something manifest. Like do something, right? And he looks at him and says, you feed them. You take the step of faith. You've sat and listened to me preach all day. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word concerning Christ. You've got enough faith on the inside of you to move a mountain. You ought to be doing something about this right now. Come on now, I'm not telling you anything that ain't in the Bible. Come on now. He's been preaching all day long. They ought to have enough faith. If their spiritual ears had been listening and their spiritual hearts had been receptive, they should have been tuned in, wired up, and ready to go. Come on, this is, we're going to feed 5,000 people. I mean, oh, you have little faith. Jesus, you feed them. Um, we got two fish and five loaves of bread, Jesus. We can't even feed an adult male. <laughs> you know, this, this little boy, he's got enough for him, but, but I don't know. I know. It's an appetizer. I don't think Rick Kraft can eat all this. I mean, I, think, I, mean, I don't think he's going to get full off of all this. I think Rick needs more. I think he's, he's, we, we, Rick's going to eat all this, and we're not going to have anything left to feed the rest of the crowd. What are we going to do, Jesus? And he takes the bread and begins to break it, and they begin to pass it around. And little by little, just keeps multiplying. Jesus knows how to handle the crowds. He knows how to feed. When there's lack, he knows how to take care of it. He knows how to multiply. I just, I, I, I want to, there had to be some of those folks who had seen the fish multiply, seen the bread multiply in this crowd shouting, Hosanna, son of David, have mercy. They, there had to be, behold, your king is coming. They, they, I mean, after all, it was that group Remember the 5,000? It was that group that tried to make Jesus king. Once he fed them, they were like, ooh, this is the kind of government we need. Let's get rid of the Romans. They can't feed us. If we, if we put him in as king, we'll never be hungry. That sound familiar? It hasn't changed in 2,000 years. Let me tell you, it hasn't changed. Let's just make the government, we'll just, they'll just feed us and we'll be happy. Rub my belly, put me to bed, I'll be okay. No, it's called go get a job, take care, activate your faith, it's going to be okay. Come on now. Activate your faith, it's going to be okay. You've been sitting all day, listen to the teaching. God's giving you the anointing to get wealth. Come on now. There's an anointing, activate it. So activate, and then there's... They had to activate what God had given them. They were, they were shouting out, Hosanna. They were in the crowd that day. What'd they do? The whole town was in uproar. Jesus went into the temple. The whole town was in uproar. And they were asking, verse 10, who is this? Not everybody had heard who Jesus really was and who they, they hadn't connected the dot. Who is this? And the multitude said, I love this. This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. In other words, we've been, we've been singing about the Messiah, the son of David. We've been singing about 
We've been quoting Zechariah 9 where it says, tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming. It was a messianic prophecy and they knew it. And, and the song was being sung all over town, even so much so that the kids in the middle of the temple courts were singing the song, Hosanna, the son of David, Hosanna, the king is coming. They were singing, that's the kids were singing it. It was heard all over town. And the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the religious people, they were getting angry. They were getting upset. Who is this? This Messiah is Jesus of Nazareth. Remember, remember Nathaniel? Remember what Nathaniel said about Jesus? He said, what good can come out of Nazareth? What good? And Philip's response was, come and see. What good can come out of Nazareth? What good? Who is this? This is Jesus of Nazareth. What good could come out of Nazareth? Who, is, who does this man think he is? Come and see. Come and see the man who heals the blinded eyes. Come and see the man who multiplies the bread and the fishes. Come and see the man who not only raises the lame off their mats, but cleanses and forgives all iniquities and sin. Come and see. Come and see the man today. Come and see the man on the donkey who's riding in. Hosanna. See him for yourself. Don't just hear the crowds echoing out. Hosanna. The blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Come and see him for yourself. Come and see the resurrected Savior. Come and see the nail scars in his hands and his feet. Come and see the pierce through his, through his side where the, where the sword, where the spear went through his side. Come and see him for yourself. Come and see the resurrected one. And Jesus goes into the temple. And he clears out. He drives out all of those who were robbing making the temple a den of robbers and thieves. And he says, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. You know, part of the Passover, those of you that have been with us for the Seder that we do every Thanksgiving as a, as a way of being thankful, will remember this. We start every Seder off. The Seder, the Passover meal was started. First, they had to go select the lamb. The triumphant entry was the day of selecting the lamb. And they inspected for four days the lamb to make sure it was perfect. And over that time, they would clear out their home of every bit of yeast or leaven. Every bit of leaven had to be removed from the house, even so much so that they would take a feather and get into the, the, the recesses of the cabinets and the storage spaces and make sure that there was no leaven in the house. And Jesus walks into his home. And he clears out the leaven of the religious leaders. He clears out the leaven of the thieves and the robbers that are there where the house is supposed to be a house of prayer, a house of preparation, a house of change, a house of miracles. And he drives out, he cleans out the leaven. And when he does, verse 14, he says, then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. Here's this procession. The woman with the issue of blood, those healed from leprosy, people from the crowd of the 5,000. All of these people, blind Bartimaeus, and they've Hosanna all the way into the temple. And what was supposed to be a calm, religious 
place of service was now in an upheaval. The whole temple was supposed to be a place of preparation for the day of Passover, the feast of Passover. They were there, people were getting their lambs, buying their lambs at the temple, getting ready to make preparation for their sacrifice. And here comes Jesus and the crowd of people. Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And he overturns the tables where they're selling and making money off of preparation for the Passover. He overturns them and he says all of the leaven, all of the yeast, all of the uncleanness has got to go. The Lamb of God has stepped into his temple. The Lamb, the perfect Lamb, has stepped into his temple. And he begins to heal the blind and the lame. And here in the middle of it all, I just want to wrap up with this thought. Worship team, you can come back. He says, in the middle of it all, the chaos, the pandemonium, everything that's going on, all of the shouting and the dancing and the, let me see when the palm branches. In the middle of all of the waving of the palm branches, in the middle of all of the celebration that's going on, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. All that's happening. Right in the middle of it, you find the children. The children are dancing and crying. The place where they would, shh, 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 go, 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 go by your parents. Be quiet. Rick, control your kids. My goodness, they're getting too noisy. And here they are in the middle of the temple, dancing and singing out. The Bible says they were crying out, Hosanna to the son of David. You know, those religious leaders, they, they were having trouble. They were having some trouble. They didn't like that the town was in upheaval. They didn't like the sound. They were familiar with this sound. They knew this sound meant somebody was getting ready to be crowned king. They were celebrating a triumphant king. And they didn't like the sound. They didn't like the sound that the people were out. They didn't like that the palm branches were being cut down and thrown out on the road. They didn't like the roads covered with the clothes. They didn't like all of this fanfare. And they really didn't like that it was a man riding on a donkey and it wasn't a triumphant chariot. But you know what made them mad? You know what was the last final straw for them? When the children started dancing in the church. You see, you, you, can, you, can, you can get your praise on and it'll make me mad. But you start letting those kids get affected by the presence of the Lord. And now I'm indignant. That's what they were saying. You, why? Because Jesus said, Jesus said, out of the mouth of babes, you've perfected praise. Out of the mouth of babes, you've perfected praise. Out of the mouth of our children, you've perfected your praise. That's why Jesus said, if you want to enter the kingdom, you've got to become like a little child. It's you got to humble yourself like the child and be okay with dancing and rejoicing and crying out 
Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, <laughs> woo, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Woo, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, woo, Hosanna, 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 <laughs> woo. Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus, come on, get on your feet with me and let's praise him today. Come on, let's praise him. Come on, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hosanna, come save us. Come save us, Lord. Triumphant King, victorious one. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Jesus, we worship you. Come on, just magnify him with your mouth. With my mouth, I will make known his praise. With my mouth, I will make known his praise. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he who comes. In the name of the Lord, who's healed me, who's saved me, who's delivered me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. 